Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another message for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name is Melvin Gaines. The message is for Sunday, June 4th, 2023. Look how time flies. Amen. June 4th, 2023, almost halfway through the year. Uh, But this message is all about uh, looking at something that's very, very important in our lives. It's about uh, getting involved with persistent prayer. Uh, The title of this message is My Notes on Persistent Prayer. And we'll be talking about more than prayer, that's for sure. So we appreciate you being here. Uh, Thanks so much again. And let's look to the Lord now with a word of prayer. We'll get started. Lord, we thank you for your presence today. We thank you for the teaching that comes from none other than you through the Holy Spirit. We thank you, Lord, for how we need your guidance. We need your instruction. And, Lord, we know that the gospel message is a message that must flourish throughout all time, where people need to hear your truth, people need to hear the messages that you have for us. First and foremost, that you love us, that you care about us, and that you indeed want us to have a relationship with you. Lord, we pray that you'll bless this time right now and that the Spirit will speak, not my words, but your words. We thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Do you need encouragement? At some time or place in your life, you need encouragement. God knows this as well. Uh, He is highly sensitive to what is going on in your life, and he knows what will encourage you. There are others who can rally around you when you are going through difficulty. But one of the best ways to be encouraged is to stop, unplug, and get into God's word with reflection and prayer. My lovely bride and I had a chance this past week to stop our regular routine and literally unplug in Ohio Amish country. We visited Berlin and Sugar Creek we stayed near Winesburg in a wooded area at Treehouse Village for a couple of days. There's no television and just a little bit of Wi-Fi. Not much of that either. But it was very peaceful and very quiet. With all of that time to ourselves, we could play some music on our electronic devices. But we also had time, a quiet time, to talk and also sit, read, and reflect on God's word. It also reminds me of the Amish who live in the area. I have a ton of respect for them. They are hardworking people. They have smiles on their faces and they move in faith and live in simplicity. When they are not working, they spend a significant amount of their time worshiping God, studying the Bible, and living in prayer. They do a better job than most in keeping their priorities as God's faithful servants. This is a good opportunity to explore how each of us, from wherever you are in your relationship with God, where you can hit the refresh button and put in the time and effort to bolster your prayer life. What does the Bible tell us about prayer? Turn your Bibles and electronic devices to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's take a look at verses 16 through 18. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. Now I'll be reading this from the NIV version, and please follow along in your version. First Thessalonians 5, verse 16. Rejoice always. 
Verse 17, pray continually. And verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Check it out. It's God's will. It's his desire for you to be thankful in everything and in a state of prayer throughout your day. Knowing this, it comes right down to living in obedience to God and taking in his word as he knows what is best for you. He knows what's best for you. Praying all the time means developing a persistent prayer life. A persistent prayer life offers resistance to an inconsistent life in Jesus. Amen. Let's define the word persistent just for clarity. When you hear the definition, you're going to see why this is relevant for all of us who are interested in learning about the need to stay focused on prayer. Persistent is an adjective. It involves continually, uh, continually, firmly, ob- and or obstinately in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. That's what persistent refers to. Now, the word obstinately in this definition has a negative connotation because it refers to also stubbornness or resistance to change. But it also means, for our purposes, staying the course in spite of arguments to the contrary. And honestly, resistance to change does have application here, too. Why? Because it's relevant in our discussion because as world dwellers living in the world, there is ongoing pressure to conform to how the world does things. The person who is persistent in prayer resists this pressure. The danger is to not become like Balaam who was a prophet for God, but his fatal attraction was compromising God's commands for worldly pleasures. Please take a look at Revelation chapter 2, verse 14. Revelation 2, verse 14. I want you to look at this passage and see what the reference is. This is going to be a comment that was made in the book of Revelation chapter 2 to the different letters to the churches. Um... But let's look what it says in verse 14. Again, the NIV version. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. This is a letter to the church in Pergamum, which is a Greek city, by the way. There are some among you who hold to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to entice the Israelites to sin so that they ate food, sacrificed to idols, and committed sexual immorality. Along with his greed for money, which angered God to the point where he made Balaam's donkey try to talk some sense into him. If God has to use extraordinary ways to get you to listen to him and to pay attention, I'm here to tell you that's not such a good thing. I'm going to trust that you don't need the talking donkey treatment to get you to do what is right. Keep in mind here that Balaam still chose to live sinfully. And have a negative impact on others. Take a look real quick at Second Peter chapter two. Let's look at verse fifteen. Second Peter two, verse fifteen. Second Peter two, verse fifteen. Now this is going to be in the New Living Translation. 
Verse 15, 2 Peter 2. They have wandered off the right road and followed the footsteps of Balaam, son of Beor, who loved to earn money by doing wrong. Now, to be clear, we're still speaking about persistence of prayer in your life. And we have to understand that failure to stay in prayer, let alone with persistence, leads to idleness that can be easily controlled by the flesh, by your fleshly desires. Fleshly desires are prevalent when prayer is absent. Let's say that again. Fleshly desires are prevalent when prayer is absent. And this is the greatest challenge for many people, including people who profess to believe in Jesus. A lot of people know who Jesus is, but some of us just don't seem to have the desire or the drive to want to grow more and more in Jesus. Well, be careful. If the desire is not there, it defaults to a place where you really don't want to be. Take a look at what it says in John chapter 5. Turn to John 5. John chapter 5. We're going to read verses 37 through 42. We're going to read Jesus' own words about those who perhaps profess to know God, but they just don't live that way. And remember, Jesus knows the hearts of every person. So he's speaking here with experience about the people he's talking to. John chapter 5, verses 37 through 42. Let's start at verse 37. This is the English Standard Version. And the Father who, has sent, who sent me has himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard. His form you have never seen. And you do not have his word abiding in you. For you do not believe the one whom he has sent. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is that they bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. Verse 41. I do not receive glory from people. But you, but I know that you do not have the love of God within you. Now let's stop and think about this for a moment. When we say we love Jesus, are we saying it because other people are saying it and we don't want to look strange or weird? Or do you love him with all your heart, soul, and mind? There's a good reason why Jesus has given us a literal command to love him in this manner. A literal command. Something we need to do. Take a look, please, at Deuteronomy 6. Deuteronomy 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. We're going to look at verse 1, and then we're going to look at verses 4 through 6. Deuteronomy 6, uh, verse 1, and then verses 4 through 6. Now, this will be from the New Living Translation. So please follow along your version. But Deuteronomy, we know Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 6, starting at verse 1. These are the commands, decrees, and regulations that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you, 
you must obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. Listen to verse 4 now. Listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. It is commit to the command. It has to be a command. Because anything less falls short for you and me when we look at Jesus. Our love for God shows him respect and reverence. And the command is something that we are willing to commit to and keep in front of us all day and every day. There just has to be some oomph behind what God tells us to compel us to do, frankly, what's right and look at ways that we can to love him. And the only way we can really love him is by being obedient to his word. We need to commit to this thing. Commit to keep him in front of us all day and every day. Now, loving God is optional, of course. It's your choice. You have to ask yourself if your choice is a good one for your present and future. You will only do what you want to do. You're only going to do what you want to do. You will only focus on prayer, any kind of prayer, because you want to do it. Loving God is a great place to start. Loving Jesus is a prerequisite for developing and improving your prayer life. Practice makes for a better prayer life. A persistent prayer life begins with a consistent prayer life. Please turn to Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Galatians 6, verse 9. Galatians 6, verse 9. This will be from the English Standard Version. Verse 9, Galatians 6. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap, if we do not give up. Remember when I said just now, practice makes for a better prayer life? Well, don't give up. Keep practicing. Keep working at it. How do we develop a consistent and persistent prayer life? Number one, establish good reading and study habits. Because it prompts you to pray more as you gain godly wisdom from the word. Now, for those of you who have been following uh, me and Akron Alliance Fellowship, you know that we have really put a lot of emphasis on getting into a good Bible reading plan. Pick a plan. Pick a Bible plan. A two-year Bible plan, I believe, in my opinion, makes you very successful in reading the Bible uh, through a two-year period. You can also uh, pick the Shane's Bible plan, which is the Bible plan in one year. It's a little bit more reading per day, but if you want to read the Bible quickly and read the entire Bible in a year, that's a great plan to read from. With that, Select and keep a regular time. Now, be flexible, but don't slack off. And why is that? 
there is so much value in staying in God's word. Take a look at what it says in Proverbs chapter 1. Proverbs 1, verses 1 through 7. Proverbs 1, verses 1 through 7. I'm going to read to you the value of being in the word. It's summed up here in this passage in Proverbs. Proverbs 1, verses 1 through 7. This is the Christian Standard Bible Version. The Proverbs, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for learning wisdom and discipline, for understanding insightful sayings, for receiving prudent instruction in righteousness, justice, and integrity, for teaching shrewdness to the inexperienced, knowledge and discretion to a young man. Verse 5, let a wise person listen and increase learning. And let a discerning person obtain guidance. For understanding a proverb or a parable, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and discipline. That pretty much sums up why we're in the word and why we should be in the word every day. To be wise to use God's knowledge to forego anything that causes us to fall away or lack discipline. Number two, we should stay in this to stay focused in living in obedience. In other words, we do the reading for what purpose? To live out the lessons you learn from your daily reading. What did you learn in your reading today? What did you, what are your takeaways when you look at what you've read? Have you meditated on what you've read? Have you prayed about what you've read? What are the takeaways? What lessons can be lived out immediately or even down the road from what you've learned today in your reading? Another thing to make sure that we're doing as we go, that we live in a spirit-filled manner. Be spirit-filled. John Piper describes being spirit-filled as more than just acknowledging that the Holy Spirit is present in your life, but refers to it as a radiant joy because the spirit who fills us is the spirit of joy that flows between God the Father and God the Son because of the delight they have in each other. Being filled means that you too are experiencing that same joy. Those are the words of John Piper. That same love for God is what makes you, the believer, in Christ to experience and share in this radiant joy. Acts chapter 13, verse 52 says, And the disciples were filled with joy and the Holy Spirit. Filled with joy. Experiencing God in such a manner where there is a definite joy. And remember, joy is a word that really means that you are content in spite of your circumstances, whatever they are. Another point to keep in mind here when we talk about learning something from what we've read, we also need to put up filters. Put up filters for what you take in. Filters for your television viewing, filters for the music you listen to, and filters for your social media. Amen. You've got to filter out what you're taking in. 
if you can't seem to do that, you're going to really scuffle with this whole idea of prayer. You're going to find excuses not to pray, honestly, when you put more focus in those things that I've mentioned. And that's going to be the challenge that we have, isn't it? We're living in Satan's domain. You've got to put some filters up. Number three, practice prayer throughout the day with a routine. The communication of prayer is done either silently or with the spoken word. In every instance, Jesus Christ hears whatever it is that you're praying for. So you have to keep practicing this. Prayer is our way to relate to God. He is God who is holy, just as he declares his word that he is holy. But he's also a personal God and that we can relate to him on a meaningful level. Prayer is your communication to God. He loves you when you make the effort to pray. He loves, he even loves for you to come to him when mere words fail you. And there are going to be times when this happens. But let's look, take a look at what it says in Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27. Go to Romans 8 and look at verses 26 and 27. Sometimes we make a big deal out of the words that we use. Well, God understands everything you're saying. But even when you can't put it into words, he still understands. Romans 8, verse 26. This is the English Standard Version. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what the mind what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Amen. He knows your heart. He knows what you want. He just wants you to express yourself in the best manner that you can. Now, remember this. It's not for his benefit. He already knows where you're coming from. It's for your benefit. It's for your benefit. He wants you to experience his goodness as he communicates with you through his word. You give the best effort you can to talk to God, speak to God about what's going on in your heart. He'll respond to that. He'll acknowledge it and respond to it. In his response to your prayers, God has a number of ways that he communicates. He communicates through speech, he communicates in dreams, he communicates through circumstances, or with other people, or through other people, through the Holy Spirit. But his primary means of communication with you is through the words of the Bible. The Bible. That is why there has been a great deal of emphasis on the importance of reading the Bible regularly to provide greater understanding to who he is in this relationship with you. The more exposure that one has to God's word, the Holy Spirit is going to provide the wisdom and knowledge that will lend to a stronger, effective, and vibrant prayer life. Strong, effective, and vibrant. When you don't think you know where God is in your life, just reach out and ask him in faith. If you don't know, just ask him. 
Look again, please, at Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. I say look again because this is a familiar verse for many of us. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 and 8. Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8. You know, sometimes we just need to take God up on his word. Amen? And that's what he wants you to do. He wants you to do that. This is the NIV version. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. That's Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8. Now I want you to take a look at James chapter 1. And let's look at verses 5 through 8. Go to James. Flip over to James chapter 1. Let's look at verses 5 through 8. And I just want to tell you, uh, before we start reading this passage, there's been so much confirmation over the last few days in talking about this issue of being persistent with your prayer. I keep receiving confirmation from different messages I'm getting um, through the things that I take in. And this verse is another one of those confirmations because... We have a lot of people out there who just aren't praying the way they should be. Just aren't doing it. And, and that's very heavy on my heart. And that's why this is being given to you right now. James chapter 1, verse 5. And I want to read through to verse 8. Let's start with verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all, without finding fault. And it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. If you you lack wisdom, ask God. He'll give it to you. He's not going to give you a hard time. Faith is a key component of a persistent life of prayer. In fact, it is mandatory in your relationship with Jesus. The faith believes that God is more than able to answer you. You believe that God can do anything with this. He is more than capable of answering your prayer. He is more than capable of responding to you. When things are uncertain in life, faith in Jesus means deeming him as more than sufficient. He is our sufficiency in life today. And remember, Hebrews 11.6 spells it out very clearly. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. If your life is empty in some way, some shape or some form consider that today in this moment that perhaps Jesus is mixed missing in your picture think carefully about what you value most and see if Jesus comes first as I stated earlier you're going to take the time to do and make the time to do whatever you want to do you're going to take the time to do whatever is most important to you Make sure Jesus is first in your life.
Your commitment to a persistent prayer life will require you to ensure that it is a consistent prayer life. Don't overthink this process. Let's get back to the basics. Where are the basics? Let's take a look at Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. Luke 11, verses 1 through 4. Now, we're going to look at actually the Holman Christian Center Bible version of this passage. Probably the same as the Christian Center Bible, but let's look at this one. Luke 11, verses 1 through 4. Verse 1. He was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, that's being Jesus, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us how to pray, just as John, meaning John the Baptist, also taught his disciples. Verse 2. He, being Jesus, said to them, Whenever you pray, say, Father, your name be honored as holy, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves also forgive everyone in debt to us, and do not bring us into temptation. Now, if you recognize this, this is the model prayer that Jesus himself relays to his disciples. Note that this model prayer touches on five key components of our relationship with God. Reverence to God, his holiness and his eternal kingdom. Thankfulness for his provision, our food, our clothing, our health. Our dependence upon his forgiveness for our sin. Our desire to humble ourselves before others our reliance upon his power to help us to overcome the temptation of sin. Each of these components creates the environment of a healthy, growth-oriented relationship with Jesus Christ. Your spiritual growth in Christ is fertile ground for God being able to use you in a mighty way. Amen. Now, every prayer that you utter is not going to utter the words like the Lord's Prayer. But your heart should be in those areas. And every time you pray, consider that these components for the model prayer in Luke 11 are the foundation of your relationship with God through Jesus Christ. It's true for all of us. It's the foundation. We rely upon God to do what? Take care of a matter of eternal life. We rely upon God to keep us humble. Those are all components of what we just heard in the Lord's Prayer. Take this information about prayer and make it a daily routine. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you and provide guidance. And his word gives us this very instruction as well, too. Take a look at Psalm 32. We're going to look at a couple of Psalms. Psalm 32, verse 8. Psalm 32, verse 8. And I hope that you can hear when you're asking for instruction from the Holy Spirit, hear him speak to you. It says in Psalm 32, verse 8, I will instruct you. And teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Amen. It's a very comforting verse to hear. He wants to teach us. He wants to give instruction. 
Now flip ahead in the Psalms to Psalm 37. Let's look at verses 23 and 24. Psalm 37, verses 23 and 24. And here's something that we need to understand, too. It's not going to be perfect. Things aren't going to just go swimmingly every time. But look what it says in verse 23 of Psalm 37. The steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Verse 24. Though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong. For the Lord upholds his hand. The Lord's going to go right with you. The Lord's going to keep you. And the Lord's going to sustain you as you go through life's journey. This regular routine that you're establishing is very basic, very simple to follow. doesn't require anyone to be a great student of the Bible or a great linguist in prayer. We don't need eloquence. It merely requires a willing spirit and a desire to grow in your love for Jesus. That's all. What you put into it, you will get out of it. Amen. And the results will be nothing short of gratifying and amazing. Let's look at one more passage here before we close out. James chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. James wrote this, his book, to believers in Jesus. But they were believers who needed to have instruction and wisdom put before them. And there were times when these individuals really scuffled. So James has some great words for them. And these are also great words for us as well, too, as we develop a life of consistency and persistence in prayer. James chapter 5, verse 13. Verse 13, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. Verse 15. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of the, a righteous person is powerful and effective. Prayers matter. Prayers matter. There's no better time than right now to lift your brothers and sisters up in prayer. Be persistent and let the Lord show you his power and glory as he responds. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, you are fully worthy and capable as we look to you for guidance and wisdom. We thank you, Lord, for all that you are doing to show us your presence, no matter where we go, no matter what we're doing, no matter where we are. Through our ups and downs, Lord, we thank you for being present with us. Thank you, Lord, for showing us the importance of being persistent in prayer. And thank you, Lord, for reminding us that if we don't have our act together, that we need to do so by, frankly, acting now in faith and understanding how much you truly love us. Give us the desire 
to read and study your word more and more. Give us the desire to learn more about who you are. Speak to us, Lord. Teach us. Work through our hardened hearts that you will soften us and help us to recognize the importance of putting you first in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for your teaching. Bless us, Lord, as a people. Lord, just bless me. I thank you for your encouragement. And I thank you for your word. I thank you for loving me more than I could ever understand. And I just want to give you the praise. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me today for this message for Akron Alliance Fellowship Church in Akron, Ohio. We appreciate you joining us. Stay with us online. Follow us through our website, Akron Alliance, Akron Alliance, all one word, dot O-R-G. Find us on our Facebook page, Akron Alliance Fellowship, or on our YouTube channel, Akron Alliance Fellowship. God bless you. Take care of yourselves, and we'll see you next time.